Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. This is what we talk about ways to clean up our planet using some innovative materials. Now, underneath your feet are pipes carrying water to your place and sometimes wastewater away. But keeping those pipes healthy and non-corrosive is a really difficult job. You might need some special materials, plus ways to break down all those leftover plastics using nothing but enzymes. Now we all be aware that plastic can build up if it's not properly recycled. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have in landfills is actually finding a way to get plastic to break down if it's not actually going to go through a recycling process. And we've been lucky to find in some cases, which we've talked about before, particular enzymes or bacteria that feed on plastic and can actually assist in breaking it down. And that's pretty interesting because that means that there might be some way of boosting the huge problem that we have with plastic waste. But a collaboration between researchers from both sides of the Atlantic, from the UK and from the Americas, have worked together to find a way to make what they've dubbed a super team enzyme, which can actually drastically speed up the amount of time taken for this enzyme to break down different types of plastic, building on prior research which explored similar concepts, research that in fact we've covered on this podcast earlier. Now, this research was led by two teams, one under the supervision of Professor John McGeehan from University of Portsmouth and Dr. Greg Beckham from the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in the United States. Now, these findings were published in the Journal of Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, including other contributing authors like Brandon Knott, Eric Erickson, Mark Allen, Yapeth Yado, and a few other researchers involved in this project, including Rosie Graham, a Portsmouth PhD student. Now, the key to all of this are enzymes, in particular, two different enzymes working together. The first is PETAs. That's what these researchers first collaborated on. And the second was another enzyme, which was also found in the same bacteria, the one that we talked about that consumes plastic bottles. And when they combine these two enzymes together, you actually get a dramatic speeding up of the breakdown of plastics. Now, the way PETAs works is it breaks down the polyethylene tetraphylate, PET, back into its raw building block components. Now, that's fascinating for in terms of disposal and recycling, but it is incredibly important for what people in the chemical and plastic industry call the circular economy. Now, a circular economy, when it applies to plastics, means that you produce the plastic in the first place using mined oil and other petrochemicals. And then you produce plastics and bottles and so on. Then eventually you recycle that and you get back the same raw ingredients again, which means that once you make that initial injection or the initial creation of the plastic, you don't need to keep making more because you can keep reusing it. That, that's the principle of the circular economy. And if that could be made to work well for a lot of different types of plastics, then not only would you cut down waste and get plastic out of landfills, but you'd also drastically reduce the amount of fossil fuels required to produce plastics in the first place, and obviously cut down greenhouse gases and help with climate change. Now, how does this all relate back to these enzymes? Well, PET, a certain type of plastic, is one of the most common thermoplastics. And it's used often to make what they call single-use drink bottles, clothing, carpets, And the problem with it is that it can take hundreds of years to break down in the environment. But if you throw in this enzyme, 
PETase. Then you can turn the breakdown process for PET from, well, a couple of hundred years to a couple of days. And that, that's what was so fascinating about PETase, this original enzyme discovered. Now, that was when the initial discovery was made, then it took ages for the team to actually figure out a way to produce that enzyme in a laboratory setting. And by the time the researchers worked together to get that going, they found they could actually even get a faster breakdown of the PET by basically tweaking it in the lab. But that's old research, now we're talking about new stuff. So the same team actually looked for other enzymes that may be involved in this breakdown process, combining the original PETase with a new partner, a second enzyme called MEHTase, metase, let's call it that. Now, the thing is that these two enzymes actually work in tandem, basically by making a super enzyme or a super enzyme team, and you get with dramatic, like doubling, tripling time speeds of reduction of the breakdown process. So the teams had two different enzymes, and they knew they worked pretty well at breaking down the plastic. So what would happen if you stuck them together? The theory was that the PETAs could attack the surface of the plastic and the MHETAs could actually chop it up further, rapidly speeding up the breakdown process. So they did a proof of concept and then they decided to put them together to see how they worked. And they, they worked pretty well. So then they decided, well, is there a better way to actually make them more efficient? And that is by literally almost tying them together. Professor McGann describes it like two Pac-Men joined together by a piece of string. Now, the idea about linking these enzymes together is actually to force them to work in the same area and actually make them much more efficient and not spread out. When they tie them together, they saw almost a tripling of efficiency of the breakdown process than just of those enzymes working on their own. Now the enzyme itself and the combined enzyme team are actually almost pulling apart this thermoplastic PET and breaking it down back into its raw material components. From a chemical perspective, this is incredible because it means that you actually end up with what would become new fresh materials for making any other plastics. To actually study this, the researchers under Professor McGeehan took this to the diamond light source in Octotra, a synchrotron that uses really powerful X-ray beams to act as a really super powerful microscope. And that enabled the researchers to look at the 3D structure of the MEHTA's enzyme to actually help them understand how the enzyme physically works. Now that's important too, because once you know the physical mechanisms of this enzyme, you can then work to improve it, like they did previously with the PETAs in the lab, to make it even more powerful. Now this is a great piece of science, because it's collaboration across countries over multiple years on the same problem, and finding new ways to splice and combine together research that's been done in the past with new research today, and use that to help solve a really pressing issue for the planet. That is, how to dissolve plastic more efficiently. This is some great work published in the Journal of Proceedings of the National Academy of a large international collaborative team working through, including people from the Center of Enzyme Innovation, trying to find ways to break down plastic even faster. Now buried deep beneath the ground, crisscrossing our cities, is of course an intricate network of infrastructure. A lot of pipes that bring water 
to your house and take it away as wastewater. Now the problem is that those wastewater pipes can often be subject to some pretty nasty conditions. Now aside from the general things that you generally flush down the toilet or have go into the wastewater system, the microbial content that basically builds up inside those pipes can lead to the creation of a really acidic environment, a lot of hydrogen sulfide. Now that's pretty bad news if that pipe is made out of concrete or really anything else because it can harshly eat away and degrade the concrete around it. And if you have a sewer leak, well, that's not great for anyone involved. On the other hand, if you also have the buildup of a large mass of fat, grease and oil and other non-progradable junk that gets all clumped together, you can end up with a fatberg that can clog pipes and be hundreds of meters long and weigh heaps and heaps of tons and that just destroy and block up the infrastructure and the sewage systems across the world. Now these two things, highly acidic environments and fatbergs, are basically what makes managing and running a sewer so difficult and means that you have to spend a lot of money pulling out, refurbishing and replacing pipes in the network each year. The Water Services Association of Australia was a, reckons they spend around $15 million each year worldwide just replacing and maintaining these pipes. Now, of course, what can you do? The problem with the pipes is that you actually need a pretty good material to build them. Something that's hardy, doesn't corrode in the soil around it, and also corrode from the dangerous environment on the inside as well. This cheap and fast to produce and enables you to produce big diameters that you can just drop it to the ground five to ten meters below and really most sewage networks are actually built out of cement because concrete pipes are actually pretty good they're pretty hardy they last a long time they don't need that much maintenance and yes you do have to replace them but even if you have to replace them they're not that expensive so that's why concrete pipes are used in most wastewater networks across the world but is there a way to make a better piece of concrete because the typical concrete is ordinary Portland cement formulation. And this is amazing for structural properties that we get out of it and is one of the great inventions of the modern era. But when it comes to wastewater pipes, there's a couple of problems that ordinary Portland cement creates that if you had a different material mix, maybe you could avoid. And that's exactly what researchers from the Melbourne RMIT University, the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, have published in the journal Resources Conservation Recycling. The researchers included Rajiv Voishand, Ji Li, Samantha Silva, Mohamed Spiri, David Law, and Biblop Kumar Pramamik. Now these research team were investigating how to make a better mix for cement, one that eliminates some of the problems of ordinary Portland cement, but keeps the good parts, the strength, the material properties that pass a certain grade. And they turned to their carcerized wide across all the materials available to them. I mean, it's one thing to make a super cement that has amazing properties with no downsides, but if the material you're throwing into it to make that is incredibly expensive, well, then it just drives up the price of your concrete, and even though it might be perfect, no one's going to use it because it's just too expensive. So what the researchers focused on were actually some waste products because waste products from the manufacturing industry are generally cheap and easy to come by. You don't need to make a whole new production process to produce the materials and refine them because, well, they're already being produced as a waste byproduct. And a couple of the key ones that are often used in green concrete research is what they were using, 
These are materials like nano-silica, crushed bits of glass, fly ash, slag, and hydrated lime. Now, getting the mix of these materials right and blending them into Portland cement, what they were able to create is what they call a, a zero cement composite. Now, any of these supplementary cementitious materials, SCM, often are studied for a long time before they get accepted by the construction industries because they can be, need to be proven that they meet the standards required and they need to get checked in lifetime studies that really see how well they degrade and perform over 20, 30, 50, 100 years. So adding new materials in always takes time. So that's why they chose fly ash, slag, and silica, because they're some of the most common additives used in the cement industry and have been well-researched. But by blending them in in a certain way, they were really trying to aim at two things. The first is they were trying to decrease the corrosion seen inside the pipes by specifically cutting down on the sulfuric acid's ability to corrode the pipe surface and form sulfuric gas as well. The other one they were trying to do is to stop the generation of fatbergs. Now, one of the things that they were targeting with fatbergs is that they know that lime and calcium buildups can actually really make it much, much easier for fatbergs to form in the first place. Because this lime tends to actually leach out of the pipe basically leftover bits of the pipe that get exposed in the reactions, the chemical reactions inside the pipe as it's corroding. And this leached out line actually helps the fatbergs to form. So if you can cut down on the ability for this lime to leach out by basically removing what they call free lime, which is basically lime that sort of gets produced as a byproduct of the degradation of the pipe. If you can cut down on that free lime, Fatbergs have a harder time forming. Fatbergs have a harder time forming. You don't end up with these massive, massive clogs. So that's what the researchers ran able to do by getting the mix of these SCM, these supplementary materials, just right. Same time, if you cut down the amount of lime in that Portland cement mix as well, you also make it harder for the microbe-induced acidic environment to really form really strong corrosion effects. So basically, you cut dramatically the amount of corrosion on the pipes inside surface and you reduce the chance of that pipe breaking and also from forming fatbergs. But really this is all about removing one of those key elements of the actual Portland cement formula. Hence why this thing is called a zero cement composite. Because they're actually taking out a, a typical key ingredient of Portland cement, lime, and making sure that it gets replaced or supplemented to the material properties with other materials that don't leave leftover lime particles that are able to leach out and interact with other things inside the pipes. Now the good news about this blended composite pipe is that it smashed the ASTM's minimum strength requirements for sewage pipes, which is good, and it also brings about significant performance improvements, about 96% reduction in its mass loss due to concrete corrosion when posed with highly acidic environments. Because remember, we're talking about organically formed sulfuric acid inside these pipes. And this new mix of this zero cement composite mix can actually so much reduce the corrosion, 96% reduction in, in loss of weight due to corrosion, that that's insane. It's such a massive improvement on ordinary Portland cement. So 
If you only could cut down fatbergs, the cement would maybe be worth a look in. But given the fact that it greatly resists corrosion, it's definitely worth looking at. And adding the fact that you can produce it using materials that are normally just thrown away today, well, that just makes it a bit of a no-brainer. And it's important, because as we mentioned before, the amount spent is billions of dollars each year on maintaining sewage networks that are always degrading just through use. So making them greener, making them use recycled materials, and making them less likely to explode or have catastrophic fatbergs blocking them up, that's all good news. Some great research from RMIT, published in the journal Resources Conservation and Recycling, that shows that how you can combine leftover products from industrial processes and use them to build better, improved, super efficient pipes and concrete mixes that don't degrade, that resist corrosive environments, that are perfect for keeping our sewage network ticking over and not causing problems. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. A specialised enzyme that can help break down plastics, plus making better engineered pipes out of special cement that doesn't disgrade when exposed to sulfuric acid. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.